How's it going, Odd People? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 77, and in this episode, I'll be talking to Lenore Bavoda. She is a self-published author. Her book is titled Susuit in My Heart. She was a very informative guest, and it was a pleasure talking to her. You can find her book on Amazon, and you can find her on Facebook. She's got a Facebook group uh, dedicated to the Susuit in My Heart book, so that's really cool. Make sure to check out the Instagram, at OddPeoplePod, and the Twitter and Facebook accounts. Join the Facebook group, you Facebook groupers. I know you're there. Go to oddpeoplepodcast.com for info about the show and to purchase merchandise at the Odd Shop. And there's also a link for the new merchandise, which is on Redbubble. You can choose the type of clothing you put the logo on. It's really good. It's really fun. I hope you enjoy the show. you if you had a, a good ride down but <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> probably didn't take you very long because we no, live in town I mean, like, right up the hill <laughs> <laughs> so i'm here with lenore bavota bavota okay correct was, very good yeah <laughs> uh can you describe what you do and uh who you are to the listeners of the show sure um, I do a lot of different things. Um, I'm a realtor. I uh, specialize in uh, condominium sales as I worked at Southport and Mashpee, which is a 55-plus community. I worked there for 20 years, so I very much specialize in condominiums, but I also sell houses. I've been doing it for many, many years. And um, I have interest in music and art and in writing, and so I wrote a book called Susuit in My Heart, and um, Sisuit Harbor is located in East Dennis, and this book takes place right in that area. Um, real places, um, fictional characters. Um, so, you know, you can go and see the places once you've read the book and figure out where they are. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. Was it, was it a true story and you had to change the names, or was it... Uh... There, there are a couple characters that are <clears throat> modeled after people I knew. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, um, one in particular, the person who got murdered, mm. um, is modeled after somebody, um, that I know he wasn't a nice guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I murdered him. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so can you tell, um, Tell the audience who's listening, you know, uh, I've been reading the book. I haven't gotten all the way through it yet. I've been reading. I'm not an avid re reader, so, of course, it's hard for me to get through all sure. the way through a book. Yeah. But um, can you describe, for those who are interested, uh, just in general, uh, what is Susuit in My Heart about? Sure. Um, what type of book is it? Well, it's a, a, a mystery murder adventure book, I call it, with a little bit of romance. Um, when I wrote the book, I wanted my then 14-year-old, almost 16-year-old granddaughter to be able to read it. Yeah. So, you know, I had to eliminate an entire chapter um, <laughs> in my editing. But um, she did read it and she loved it. Um, so that was my one of my goals was to have my family, including teenagers, be able to, to read it. Um, it's a great beach book. Uh, it's a quick read. Um, so the main character is a guy named Tony Cabela who grew up on the Cape and left for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, he moved to Florida and was an EPA agent down there. He comes back to the Cape, um, uh, in retirement, um, and his motivation mostly is to, um, to repair his relationship with his daughter and retire. And he ends up 
not only solving a murder, but falling in love. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up um, repairing that relationship with his daughter. You know, I like to mention this because some people are kind of triggered by this stuff, but there is a, a memory for her of child molestation. Mm. And so, you know, he he solves that as well and helps her recover um, from that. Um, there's nothing graphic really, um, but people should know, you know, in case they have some yeah. sort of trigger. Of course. Yeah, you know, and in, 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 even in the ending, it all ends well. There's something left up in the air, a little bit of evil, yeah. you know, because right. I'm hoping to do a sequel. I'm hoping this fall to start the sequel. Oh, good. I was having yeah. I had that. I had that question. I said, what is yeah. next for Tony Cabello? Yeah. yeah. People really like him as a character, as they should. Um, yeah. 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 As a, uh, for a male reading the book, I read about, you know, about his character and reading as, as time goes on. And I, you immediately think like, that's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's clearly the good guy. He's clearly he's, a good guy. And he, yeah. he means well. Everything is, he has well intentions of going and retiring and he wants dying to see his daughter. And, yeah. And he's know, just thrown into book, all this small yeah, town yes. stuff. <laughs> he gets caught up in it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so I started writing this book in 1996. Wow. Yeah. When I lived in, in East Ennis, mm-hmm. and indeed, I was a runner at the time, and my run was the route. Oh, that, the route that's that in the Susan book. Susan took. <laughs> oh. And that's where the story developed as I was mm-hmm. running, and I'd go home and, you know, my word processor in 1996 <laughs> and type it out. And, wow. um, and then I put it down, which happens with a lot of creative people. You know, life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, I don't know about others, but I have to be kind of free of all kinds of anxieties and whatnot in order to set my mind to to writing. And I put it down for 10 years. And then I, you know, I felt the need to finish it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. A lot lot of people have a hard time, you know, if life starts backing up on them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Other Mm -hmm. things start uh, clogging their mind. Little things like paying the bills. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 right. You have to, you know... Get all your stuff together and yeah. get your, your ducks in a row to uh, get your life together. You can't just focus on your work. Yeah. You it's know, it'd true. be nice to be able to do that, you know, but uh, yeah. it's not in the cards for me right now. I am planning on writing the sequel um, in the fall, uh, hoping to get away a little bit and, and do some writing to get it started anyway. I get something's, it's The movie's playing in my head. Cool. Let me put it that way. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so um, the way we met here is mm-hmm. uh, I, I put a... I put the feelers out on Facebook, the local Facebook group, mm. uh, the town group, yeah. and I, I asked if there were anybody local that wanted to be on the show because I wanted to branch into the Cape a little more than sure. the area that I grew up in. And you were very graciously willing to come on the show, which is wonderful. And I'm wondering, did, did you grow up in on the Cape? No, uh, but I came to the Cape. After school, so okay. I, you know, I came here in nineteen seventy four. So okay. around the seventy three, seventy four, and um, lived in East Ennis for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Brought my kids up there. Got married. Brought my kids up there. Got divorced. <laughs> um, you know, I've been living in the Sandwich Bourne area now for quite some time, um, and but I still go up to. Dennis to the north side beaches. Yeah. Um, I love it there. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. It's nice living on the Cape. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of differences yeah. between I, here and uh, where I grew up, but there's a lot of similarities too. Yeah, because you grew up near the water. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, I grew up um, outside of Boston in a little town called Weston. Okay. Um, when I was a junior in high school, we moved to Rhode Island, mm-hmm. to Barrington. Oh, yeah. And as soon as I graduated high school, my parents moved into a, an apartment. Yeah. You know, I was sort of like on my own at that point. I was the youngest of three. And, you know, they were quite done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My room was the den at that point. And I got the hint. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so I, funny. Yeah. And I moved to the Cape in 1972, 73, right mm-hmm. in around there. Um, and, um, not because I had any long history here, just, it was where I ended up. 
was there was no like decision. Oh, I want to move to the Cape. That's yeah. just where I ended up. Right. Yeah. 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 I work out here, and that's yeah. To spend more time with the kids and my wife. <clears throat> that's why I was like, you know, I'm driving over an hour every day to go to work. Mm. So, and we, you know, right. we sold our old house, and right. I said, all right, I'm going to move. Let's, yeah. let's move a little closer. And uh, we really liked Bourne because <clears throat> of the year-round residence. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems to be the most populated year-round. It seems mm-hmm. to be the yeah, most... Uh, the most amenities year-round, mm-hmm. kind of like as far as like restaurants and things like that. So right, you know, because oh, yeah. sometimes you go way out in the Cape and there's there's nothing's open to yeah, all winter and you're East like Ham and everything. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, I love living on the Cape, um, and I'm fortunate in that most of my kids are on the Cape and grandchildren. Cool. I have one up in Maine, um, up in Bethel. Cool. Um, which is way, 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 way up near mm-hmm. Sunday River. <laughs> yeah, um, that's far away. And then um, everybody else lives. I have a son in Plymouth. Cool. Um, daughter in Yarmouth Port. I have one that lives right behind me here in Bourne. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's great. Oh, I love that. And then, you know, one in New Hampshire. So, you know, it's like I have a variety of kids. I had three biological. Mm-hmm. I have two step and one foster. Oh, wow. So. Cool. And they're all very close, which is great. Yeah, that's great. You know, and um, yeah, so it keeps me busy. And yeah. you're the youngest of three. I am. I'm also the youngest of three. Oh. I mean, I don't know what the age ages of your siblings are, but um, I found that growing up as the youngest, I had more of a creative side because I had to spend a lot of time alone. <laughs> I didn't have, you know, I didn't have, <clears throat> I didn't have playmates that wanted to play with what I wanted to play with yeah. because they were older. So I was kind of like, when I wanted to play on my own. I was doing my own thing. Yeah. No, um, I was the youngest. I was very spoiled. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I pretty much got what I wanted. Um, and I was very much into sports. Mm. Um, and so I really think sports is like the best way to focus your children and, you know, yeah. get them to understand how life works. Mm. Um, and, um, I was really into skiing, especially and um, where we lived up in Weston was close enough that you could go. And I went to a ski camp every school vacation up in New Hampshire. And I mean, I just loved it and, um, passed that on to my kids and my grandchildren. I have one grandchild, um, one of the boys that lives up in Maine, who's a freestyle skier and just went to nationals and wow, cool. Yeah. He trains all summer out in Mammoth Mountain and all that. So, um, yeah, he does uh, flips in the sky. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> That's um, And so all pretty much they all ski, which is great. And um, it's a nice family family sport mm. to do. Um, like my granddaughter here, who's six, turning 16 next week, uh, goes to Sturgis. And so she's in sports there. She's in lacrosse and field hockey. Um and uh, I just think sports is the best thing in the world. So as the youngest of three, I was into sports like my siblings were. Um, here comes the dog. Here he comes. <laughs> my brother um, was, was five years older than me and my sister seven. And sadly, they both passed on. Um, and uh, so it feels kind of lonely not to have your siblings around anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah it's kind of tough. Um and uh but i'm so grateful for my children and my grandchildren it really helps yeah what's going on dougie Mm -hmm. i forgot to shut the door (laughs) (laughs) so was writing always a part of your life uh it wasn't and which is interesting you know um sometimes people will say oh you know i've always wanted to write a book or and i'm just like just start just write you know and something will turn up on the page that should be developed and don't worry about it don't worry about grammar don't worry about anything you know just write what you're feeling and what your thoughts are and um you know to me my character's really came alive you know in, in the book they were like they're real people to me yeah you know and, and and when i'm writing it's almost like i'm seeing a film in my head you yeah. know it plays out that way so i was not always a writer mm-hmm. you know yeah. um and 
I I just think, you know, my when I was first writing this and, and jogging, and believe me, it was just jogging. I was not anybody fast on the road. Um, you know, it just kept my mind busy. You know, I mm-hmm. didn't have headphones and an ear pod or whatever. I just would run and just think of these people. Yeah. You know, and they got to be real. I had th- that thought when I first read the <clears throat> portion in the beginning of the book. Mm. Uh, I think it's a few chapters in. And what's the character's name? Susan? Susan. When she's running mm. and you're describing... Mm the run mm. the first thing that caught <laughs> to, you know came to my mind was oh Lenore's definitely done that <laughs> she's definitely ran at some definitely point definitely done that yeah yeah because yeah. there is that certain meditative part right. of running um, so, and uh, so it's fun so who inspired you to write did anybody were you a reader did you like always been a reader yeah um, I did actually there is somebody who inspired me to um, you know keep going with this and that's Ted mm. Murphy in uh, Falmouth do you know Ted no he um, he's a well-known local um, he teaches writing at BC cool um, his father was a teacher at Mass Maritime and, and BC um, and Ted runs a writing workshop um, for kids all summer long he calls it the writer's shack and then he has um, various writing groups for grown-ups and I took two of his writing group classes um, in a small group of like five, maybe six at the most writers mm-hmm. or people who want to be writers. And I think in my little group, um, I think we had like five of us and um, two of us self-published, wow. which is wonderful. It changed everything. Self-publishing changed everything for everybody. Mm. Um, and um, because when you self-publish through something like I'd go through KDP, which was the easiest, it's on Amazon, was the easiest to yeah. follow. Um, it's another whole learning curve, so you have to be prepared as a writer to jump into this whole editing and what do I do now and, right. you know, how do I format? Oh, my God, how do I format? So uh, yeah. KDP offers some good guidance with that. Um, and um, so between taking the classes with Ted... And I'm still in touch with him. He's an amazing man. He goes to school rooms and he's written some children's books and some other right. books as well. Um, very good teacher. And so it's great, you know, if your kids have a classroom that's working on writing, you should call them up and ask them to mm-hmm. come into the classroom. Um, and um, so he really encouraged me to the point where he came over here the apartment which he never does with anybody and sat down with me and said you know (laughs) you got to do something with this this is this is something you need to do something with and um you know that he would take time out of his day to do that with me really sort of moved me forward yeah so he really encouraged you to keep Mm. going and push yeah and then you know you get to a point when you're writing something like this that you know it's done you know, you're you're no longer going back and changing things, and right, yeah, and you're no longer you know editing it's enough. And um, and at that point, I was referred by a friend um to an editor, who okay, cool. she was great. And you know, now with you know, you can share your manuscript, and they can make their corrections and do notes mm. on it, and um, it just simplifies the process. A yeah. lot. And um, she was great. She was out of Pennsylvania. Never met her personally. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and her name's Beth, Beth Duddy. And um, she did a great job for me. And, um, and then I w- went on to formatting once I had the manuscript done. All right. And she edited. Now, what is formatting? Is that just kind of the general... Layout of the book. Exactly. Right. So it's so that your pages don't bleed into each other, especially if you have photographs and things like that that oh, you okay. have to deal with, that your margins are correct, you know, that it, it you know, th- that the middle isn't like got words going into it, that kind right, of thing, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and I just used a company that 
KDP had a list of like three or four companies you could use. I used a company out of India. All right. <laughs> they did a great job. <laughs> they didn't charge me too much money. Mm. Um, and and then once you um, download your book to KDP, um, people order it and they print it on demand. So somebody orders a book, they print it. Yeah. So, so you don't have to like pay all this upfront money like the old right. days. Right. You don't need a, a storage. You don't need <laughs> any inventory. You know, yeah. they mail it out. Great. Um, and then um, I did an ebook too, at the same time, which is free. Oh, um, cool. People go to KDP; they can download it for free. Now, it's interesting with ebooks, um, at least on KDP. Yeah. I don't know about other platforms. Um, the author gets paid by the page read. So if people okay. download the book and don't read a thing, you don't get mm. paid anything. Okay. So and I can go to reports on KDP and find out, well, gee, how many pages got read today? All right. Kind of thing. So um So even it's free for the person to read it, you still get I still get paid. You still get paid for it. By that's the page wonderful. read. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it's <laughs> kinda cool. Um and um, I'm happy with it, you know, as far as that goes, all the mechanisms to keep it going. I'm yeah. doing an audio book. Cool. Yeah. So um, a friend of mine who lives locally in Mashpee, mm-hmm. she's an actress, ah. and she does um, voiceovers. Okay, cool. Um, I actually met her through a movie my husband was making. All right. So, nice. you know, it's all these little connections, Yeah, right? that's great. And she was awesome. She spent two hours of her personal time with me telling me how to go about auditioning actors for the parts for audiobook. Oh, okay. And because um, everyone says to me, oh, are you going to do it? You know, like, am I going to be the voice? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some things are better left to the professionals because, and you could even, I don't know how it's going to be read, but are the different characters' dialogue going to be read by... Different people? I think I've decided to have one Just female one. actress and one male actor. So, you know, she'll take on the female yeah. voices and he'll take on a male and they're all experienced. Um, there's one website yeah. okay. where you can put out to the people who belong to that website that you're doing auditions. Okay. And That sounds great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, and yeah. then there's this whole procedure of how the auditions happen. Oh, but, that's really cool. So, that's 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 my goal um, <clears throat> now. Again, another learning curve. Right. Yeah. You now know, you have to relearn. I, yeah. <clears throat> learn something new to uh, keep pushing forward. Well, it keeps your yeah. mind going. When you yeah. take on something new and mm-hmm. it's out of your box. Yeah. Because when you finish it, it's so wonderful to accomplish something, especially... At yeah. any age, but as you get older. <clears throat> yeah, it must feel really wonderful to hold your book physically <laughs> in your hand and look at it and go, wow, you know, I, I made this. You yeah, made it this. actually, it was it was really crazy. You know, I cried. I like, oh, my God, this is the book. This is it. You know, I did it. Yeah, that's yeah. a really, really big accomplishment. Yeah. That, that's wonderful. It's really good. Yeah, it's great. And so, you know, I do try to promote it a little bit here and there. I'm doing, um, when I post on Facebook now, I boost it. And that's helped a lot cool. um, with some sales. Um, I haven't yet gone around to independent bookstores. Mm-hmm. Um, planning on it, you know, on the Cape. I was very fortunate. And last fall, um, it was um, featured as one of... Um, five authors to read in the Cape Cod Times. Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, and that really gave me some sales, but it was just to have the validation was, you know, right. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's like winning an award. <laughs> it was. It was like, yeah. wow, look at that. I'm in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So not to give anything away, because I know mm. it's all in your head right now, so the sequel to this, mm-hmm. you you <laughs> you kind of gave a teaser of this book leaves a little bit of evil behind. It does. The Cape is a small place. Yeah. And especially when I was first living here on Cape Cod in the 70s, mm-hmm. early 80s, people knew people. And people, right. people made money by knowing people. All right. And... Um, so um, 
the next the sequel is going to be about um wind and en- wind energy it's going to have to do with the environment and wind uh, en- right. energy and the money to be made uh with okay. it <laughs> cool yeah yeah that's uh, a lot. A, yeah, a bunch of so it's research that you have to get. Bunch done. of research. <laughs> so, how much research did you do about you know like the EPA, for example? Sure. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, stuff in the book that you wrote that it makes it sound like you were an EPA agent. Did it? Oh, good. <laughs> well, to to somebody yeah. that's not one, yeah. I would go, oh, she must know something about that. Yeah. Did you have to research that? I kind did. Of, yeah. um, you know, especially like things like the chemicals that were used right. on the bogs. And, you know, that kind of thing. Definitely I did uh, research. And the EPA, you can go to their website and look up various um, cases that they've handled. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, because I had it written down. I knew I had it written down somewhere. The uh, environmental sciences degree that Trisha has. Mm. And like, yeah, yeah, it's funny. I wrote down chemical. (laughs) Yeah, chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so she, um, you know, University of Massachusetts mm-hmm. has a really excellent program in environmental sciences, and they have a, a um, outpost in Wareham for cranberries. Okay, you know, yeah. Cranberry bog research right there. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's right off the highway. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> So now is a part of the show where I'd like to ask you some odd questions. Cool. <laughs> so some of these have to do with what you do, at, you know, at writing, and others are just questions that I'm curious to know the answer to. Okay. <laughs> so if you were to go on vacation, mm-hmm. would you choose uh, the beach or the mountains? Beach. And that's a good one for you because you used to ski. Beach. <laughs> yeah. Beach, yeah. So um, I'm actually looking into finding a cottage for two weeks mid-September up in East Ham, Wellfleet area. Right. Maybe in the campgrounds up in, you know, the campgrounds yeah. up there. Um, as long as it has internet and electricity, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm there. Yeah. such yeah. a nice area. Yeah, and I want to be able to, to write, you know. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, get out of my usual work mode and yeah, and, and just relax and write for a couple of weeks up there. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah. So, uh, what's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> I would say um, watching certain certain shows, um, marathon, and you know, yeah, just show after show after show after show. <laughs> yeah. And, just um, binge watching. Binge watching, you know, um, Ozark and oh geez, and um, uh, Breaking Bad was really oh, Breaking crazy. Bad was so good, yeah. And um, and uh, Saul, Better Call Saul, and and oh, yeah, I yeah. think what I like about these is the the, the so many characters in them that are just mm. like so immersed and all of a sudden you've got a character from one show coming into the other show and it's yeah. like wow what? i can't believe it yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and uh yeah a friend yeah. of mine turned us on to breaking bad yeah and i was hesitant to, to to watch it at first i don't know why but then once we got into it yeah it was just it, it was, took over our lives yeah <laughs> and uh, the same thing with Ozark. we just finished ozark whatever uh, that was yeah. last have you seen the full entire i did so I didn't like the way it ended. I didn't either. Nobody did. And I had uh, I had a coworker that said that it ended like Sopranos, where it was like just a. It's been compared to that. Yeah. Where it was just went black in Sopranos. Yeah. You know when Tony got killed. And now when I didn't see Sopranos. My feeling is, we don't know if that character is dead. Mm. The way they cut out of it, we don't know that. Right. Yeah. It was. But, uh, so, it was just. You know. I don't know. I didn't like the way it ended. I just, it was just too much. I don't know. It felt yeah. like the whole feel of the show was going one way, and then that last yeah. scene, you're like, "How could it have?" So almost turned. Almost did just, a complete 360. Oh, I know. So those kind of shows, I really <laughs> like. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers. And um, um, and then my not so guilty pleasure is swimming. I swim 
three, four times a week at the Y. Cool. Up in Wareham. Yeah. And um, I go in for my hour and a half, and I feel all healthy and good, and that's it. Swimming you know? is very, very good yeah, for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's really great for me. So that's something I enjoy. Cool. Um, yeah. So what's your favorite food to cook? I would have to say salmon. Cool. Okay. Um, I got an air fryer. Nice. Which if anyone's I don't have one. contemplating an air fryer, you need to get one. Okay. <laughs> um, and food just is so good cooked in it. And so, yeah. Yeah, I love salmon. Salmon in the, in the in the air fryer, all right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So your husband's done a lot in the music industry. Mm. Are you a music fan? I am. I am. I'm. I'm not good at recalling names okay. or specific songs. Whereas he has a photographic. All right. He remembers everything. He remember, he'll be watching a obscure commercial on tv and know who the actors are and who they're married (laughs) to what work they've done and you know it's just bizarro so um i i love music definitely okay so what is your favorite uh, band or musical artist you know i think probably going back to because of my age you know i was 13 14 when the beatles got popular okay. in 1964, you know. So, you know, the old-time music of the Beatles and the Beach Boys and all those guys, mm-hmm. you know. And then I've gotten to really enjoy Bill Bruford's and the Yes and Genesis-type music, alternative okay. alternative Yeah, rock that's like, yeah, like progressive It's very rock. orchestrated. Yeah. Um, and I'm very lucky because he's the lighting director at the Spire Center in Plymouth. So um, I'll go up and watch the end of the show and, you know, catch catch a lot of really great musicians. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Here's like the question okay. that I ask everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> if you could visit uh, any time in history, mm. but only to be a fly on the wall, you can't affect any change. You can't change anything. You're just there to observe. Uh, where and when would you go? I think... Um, the early um, settling of our country. And the reason for that for me <laughs> is I've had a recurring dream mm-hmm. of a, what I think is a past life of mine. Oh. Um, that I was a, a frontiers woman. I think it was in either Virginia or Kentucky. Okay. And um, that my children, we ran my husband wasn't home. This is the whole dream. It happened time and time again. Really? And we ran from Native Americans who were coming after us, and the children were killed, and I ran. And it's that that being left uh, with not knowing what happened. And, like, I want to go. I want to go there. Yeah, that's a very specific Um, dream to have. It was very specific. (laughs) Very terrifying. And I want to go yeah. there. Of course, I've been watching Outlander, which doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever watch Outlander? Uh, I think I... It's time s- travel stuff. Yeah, we watched the first episode. Mm. And then we got caught up with Ozark. And yeah, and all this stuff, I know right? there's so many shows. So uh, that's time travel there. Yeah. Um, but I do believe in past lives. Uh, I think they've happened to all of us, or most of us, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's where I, what I would like to do, go back to, then, for my own selfish reasons, to do research right. on, on that. Well, that would, you know, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's the reason for the uh, question. What do most people say? Everybody answers differently. Oh. A lot of, um, some people get really deep and want to see some sort of, like, event, even if it's a bad event. They just want to see if it went down the way we think it did mm. like past our mm. history of anybody alive you know they, they want to go back hundreds of years uh and then some people i've noticed a, <laughs> a trend in like musicians in their 20s they seem to want to go back to the 80s which i think is <laughs> which i think is hilarious yeah um <laughs> they want to go to the 80s and see way back it. then yeah way <laughs> back to the 80s they want to see you know like you know Sunset Strip, like, you know, heavy metal 
yeah. music and you know that kind of thing. So there's been a few people that said that. Yeah, a lot of people. It's very. It's a it's a various different. There's a lot of different answers for yeah, sure. I can get, not, I get not, it. It's you not. Know? There's yeah. no. There's no standard answers. Most of the time, somebody has a pretty good reason. Yeah. And sometimes people listen to the show ahead of time, so they kind of know that question's coming. Uh, so they kind of think about it ahead yeah. of time. I have had people say that oh, I knew I was waiting for this one, and they knew and they wanted to answer, um, which is good. But I'd I'd rather catch people off guard, really. Yeah, because you kind of get the the split decision of oh, where would I go? Yeah, and you got to think about it really quickly. Hmm. But that's interesting that you equate your dream to a possible past life. Hmm. Yeah. So one of my questions, which seems this seems to be a good time to ask, have you ever had a paranormal experience? Mm-hmm. Um, do you I've care had, to do I, you care to tell me about it? <laughs> is what I should say. I believe in um, spirit life, mm-hmm. and um, so I've had visitations um, from two dogs. Okay. Um, and uh, one. One died some time ago, and she was a shepherd that, like, totally understood sentences and was mm. so smart. And she died when she was 14, and she came wow. to me, and it was a long time ago, and she came to me and basically let me know that all she ever wanted was to sit next to me. That was her message to me. That's all she Aww. ever wanted. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we had a shih tzu. Mm-hmm. And um, if you know Shih Tzus, they really, their brains don't really work. <laughs> and <laughs> he was a good boy and he lived to be 16. And oh, wow. This was pretty recent, like a month and a half ago. Oh, really? He was in a dream and um, he was playing in a beautiful garden with another little dog, just showing me that he was safe and mm. happy and not hurting anymore. Yeah. You know, and then um, I've had. Um, visitations from my sister we were very close and she passed away in 07 and she was only 63 she was very young and yeah it was rough and sorry um, to hear that so um it's always to me very comforting to have Mm. those things happen um yeah so paranormal yeah pretty much i haven't done anything been anywhere done anything where you know i've actually had visuals Right. Of anything. Very spiritual mm. events. Yeah. If you could live anywhere on the planet, mm-hmm. except for where you live now, mm. <laughs> where where would you like to live? That's an interesting question. I haven't traveled a whole ton, mm-hmm. um, but I have been to Italy, and I think I would uh, I would love to live there. Um, I was there in two thousand and one. I think it was. And um, it was just a spectacular trip, and I felt very connected because my dad was Italian, so I felt okay. very connected um, to certain places in Italy. And um, yeah, so it was it was lovely. I know someone going there for the summer this summer. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've never been to Italy. Yeah, I've you been know, to the Caribbean. Yeah. You know, um, it's a very common destination for people who live in New England. I think most people who go there go to resorts there. Right, yeah. Um, and it's very different, I think, resort life versus when you really live there. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Hawaii. Um, my husband and I went to dog sit for my nephew. He lives in Hawaii. <laughs> a long trip just to dog sit. <laughs> it was, but it was for three weeks, so we took oh, him up on great. it. Oh, that's great, yeah. And our experience there was not most what most people. I mean, we had no resort. Like we, we were at his home. Right. And so we had to kind of find things on our own. And it was, it was great. We really enjoyed it. You know, it was a nice break, and it was beautiful. It was in Maui, so it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, so but I don't... got to live there for I wouldn't, three weeks. I wouldn't yeah. want to live there. Right. Um... I guess, you know, for a lot of reasons, it's too far for my family, you know, so is Italy, but, you know, (laughs) um, it's important to be close, near enough family that you can see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you could invite Mm. 
three famous people, mm. uh, living or dead, to a dinner party, <laughs> which three people would you invite? Wow, three famous people. John Hancock, Betty White, loved her, loved yeah. her, loved her. Who didn't? Let's see, I got one more to go here. It's a tough one because there's so many people I'd like to have a chat with. Not necessarily as a fan, but as like, what were you thinking? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and third, I guess, um, off the top of my head, I don't know. I just have to think about it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think John Hancock was a really interesting character in history. Yeah. You know. Um, and Betty White was awesome. Yeah, she was great. She was great. She really so, was. Yeah. She was the same age as my grandmother. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did your grandmother live that long? No. No. My grandmother, she was the last grandparent I had that passed away, actually, yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. 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 But yeah, they were they were born the same year. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So I don't know on the third one. Okay. Uh, undecided. <laughs> All right. Undecided. We'll put it up for a vote. <laughs> <laughs> so in regards to uh, your writing, what advice would you give your younger, younger self, you know, from 1996 when you started writing it? Yeah. What, what advice, now that you've completed the first book, Yeah. what advice would you give yourself? I would say, you know, stay involved with organizations and groups of people that are creative it doesn't have to be writing necessarily, but it's very easy to get lost in the workaday world and not be creative. Just complete your tasks and, mm -hmm. you know, and and make sure the bills are paid and, right. you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, so one of the things I have to do is I'm going to be joining the Sandwich Art Alliance. I don't know oh. if you know of them. It's a really good group. Um and very supportive of their members. So, you know, I'm going to be reaching out to a few organizations that maybe will inspire me to, to keep keep writing. Cool. Yeah. That's great. What was your favorite part of the process of writing a book? The writing. The writing. Yeah. Yeah. It you was, didn't so much like the other? It, it, <laughs> the yeah, other the other part. parts were, like I said, a big learning curve for me, and they were like the tasks to be completed to get the book out. Um, but the writing, an hour, two hours would go by, you know, so fast wow. because you're, you're in it in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's great. And, um, yeah, the writing part. And, and, you know, like I have a basket full of manuscript mm -hmm. of, you know, before I edited and after oh, I edited really? and, you know, like things I eliminated. There was yeah. a whole chapter I eliminated. Um because I had to ask myself, you know, it was it was it was fairly graphic, um, not as far as uh, sexual content went, and I had to ask myself, what does this chapter contribute to the story? You right. know, I may use it another time. Right. Okay. Yeah, so I have this basket full of this stuff. Nobody that I else can... knows it exists. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. really fun that you get to enjoy that part of the whole. Yeah, it was the, the writing part. It was great. So is your your creative process of writing, is it is it more for, formal or is it more intuitive where you're just, it's just coming into your, mm. your mind and you're just writing? It's totally intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. And the formal you know, part's like a more lot towards of people the end. will do some sort of an outline. Mm, I did right. none of that. Cool. Um, it may have been easier for me if I had. Like yeah. I saw um, once, and I actually saved it. And I've got it somewhere in my in my pictures. Uh, picture of um, the woman who wrote all the Harry Potter books. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and uh, what's her name? J.K. Rowling. Yeah. yeah. And so she would have this square filled with little panes and little squares in it, mm. and it's how she developed her stories. And I thought, I don't know. You know, I just kind of <laughs> like start it, and yeah. I, I, you know, I I don't lay it out like that. But I did right. at, at some point, as I had just mentioned, have to ask myself, what does this contribute to the story? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So the editing part's probably more formal and. Pretty much, you have yeah. to decide where where to cut. You know, to be more decisive. Where's yeah. the beginning and the end of the cut? You know that you're going to eliminate, and you know, is there anything within that material that you're going to take out that still needs to be in somehow? Then it gets a little more like work. Right. You yeah. Know? Um, and actually, I wrote the first chapter after the whole book was done. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Because I felt it wasn't tied together properly, like where Tony Cabela came from, you know, okay. what, where where he was before he came back to the Cape. And, yeah, so I wrote that last, the first chapter last. Very interesting. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. It just did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've done a little bit of writing. It's nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> but I try. And I think that's... The part I get caught up in is trying to set set the stage, if you will, or just try to set the more descriptive. But I almost get caught up in being too descriptive yeah. of who the characters are, and you don't just let it flow. You have to, you know, I had to learn how to tell the story in dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, because I tend to be way too narrative, you know, right. the, the running part and all that. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, also point of view, mm-hmm. POV, as they say. Yeah. You know, like, whose point of view is it? Well, in my book, it kind of goes to different people. Okay. You know, yeah, there's, right, yeah. there's like at least four main characters that yeah. there's stories about in here. So it's not solely the point of view of Tony. Um, right. You know, it's his girlfriend, it's his daughter and her boyfriend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a lot it's a lot to to learn, but I would say just write and see what happens, you know, and take a class like with my friend Ted Murphy, who's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, find people who teach writing and you can get together with people even if it's once a month. There is a group, um it's like a national group um, nano writers, um, and one of my daughters goes, and she's on her third book now. Really? Wow. And they're really funny books, and um, they take place in a bake shop at a grocery store. So, oh, okay. you know, <laughs> it's amazing what people write about, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and there's a lot of online groups, too. Um, there's a woman named Sarah Cannon. Um, who does amazing video blogs and conversations and um, is very inspirational on um, not just writing, but organizing your thoughts, that kind of thing. Sarah Cannon, C-A-N-N-O-N. All right. Yeah. That's really good. So last question is, if you could give advice to anyone who uh, wants to start writing, Mm. Or has written, and they're trying to uh, mm-hmm. become a self-published writer. Uh, what what advice could you give them? Pick a time that is best for you to write. Um, for me, it was always early morning. You know, from yeah. you know whatever five thirty in the morning to nine or eight. You mm-hmm. know, get in those hours because we tend to all of us. We don't want to interrupt our other daily schedules and work schedules and kids' schedules and all the things we have to think about. Yeah. You know, so you have to carve out that time for yourself. I had a couple of what I call beta readers, you know, people who would read the chapters um, here and there. Um, and um, and that was helpful, too, as it got along uh, mm-hmm. with it. Um, don't be too caught up in word count and all that. Okay, you yeah. Know. Um, you know, this book isn't very long. It's a, you know, it's about a day and a half beach book. And, um. Or about a week long, if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, don't get too caught up in having it be perfect because it's not going to be. Right. You know, and, um, even within my published book, I know there's two mistakes in it. Oh, really? I know there is. <laughs> um, so, we're, we're you know. Not, we won't mention where yeah, or what. I haven't gone back and corrected. I'm just going to leave it like it is. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. There's mistakes. 
yeah. in life. Yeah. So there can be mistakes in books. So where is the best place for someone to buy your book? Sure. Um, through KDP, which is on Amazon. Cool. Um, and so they can get the soft cover book or they can download for free the ebook. Um, and um, I'm seeing a lot of ebooks being downloaded right now. So that's good. Yeah, great. And um, and then again, I'm, I'm hoping to have an audio book out by the fall. Cool, that's yeah. awesome. I've talked to a lot of people who really love audio books, you know, and I never really got into them. Yeah, they're very popular. Yeah. yeah. So. So, what's the best way for someone to contact you if they want to talk to you on a podcast, or sure. <laughs> or they want um, you? They can touch bases with me just through my personal email, which is lbavoda at gmail dot com. Um, happy to talk with them about anything, you know, if they want inspiration or whatever. Yeah. Right, cool. Little guidance. Great. Always happy. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for making the long trip <laughs> over here. Could have walked over. It's so funny. Uh, really appreciate it. And, You're uh, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was really nice. Uh, Lenore was very uh, informative. I think it's really great to hear from someone that's self-published, self-published author. I don't think any of us uh, know what goes into that, and it was it was it was good to hear. It was uh, it sounds like there's a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of stuff you don't think of that big publishing companies just do because they have staff, you know, of different people doing different jobs. So it's interesting to to hear what it takes to publish your own book, you know. Um, so she was really great. So big thank you to Lenore. It was so nice having her here. Like she said, she was right around the corner. It was really good. I put the feelers out on the Born Residence page on Facebook, and she came through and said she wanted to come on the show and talk. So that was really cool. It was really nice having her here. She was very, very nice. My dog loved her. <laughs> he came down the stairs to come and get a few pats on the head. Also, thank you, Odd People, for listening to the show today. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you're new to the show, go to oddpeoplepodcast.com. Go check out the merchandise. Go to Redbubble. Go uh, create your own merchandise with my logo. Put it on different articles of clothing and whatnot. It's a really fun website. I hope people uh, take advantage of that. I hope you tune in next time. Stay creative. Stay inspired. And as always, stay odd. Oh.